Well, hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Sliding Into My DMs. Um, and welcome, as always, to my DMs. Joining us today, we have uh, Corey, as always, uh, Preston, and then um, joining for the first time in a long time, uh, we've got the dungeon mistress herself, uh, Tori. Ah. <laughs> so uh, great to have you guys, and thanks for being here. Yeah, Mr. Rogers is uh, is is suffering through his second round of COVID vaccination. So um, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. So when Mr. Rogers is not here, he gets a, he gets an actual explanation. But when I'm not here, I die. You're dead. Is that, is that, what, is that what we do? Okay. All right. Sure. I, I just wanted to know where I stood. That's fine. Um, so. Uh, I'm excited actually to uh, to to jump into to stuff today. So we're just going to kind of get right to it. Um, we did just a few days ago. We recorded our 10K celebratory uh, episode, which was amazing. My um, voice hurts from it. Corey is so glad that <laughs> that's over with. Oh, it's not over. Okay. There's but, so much we're doing still. One yep. is over. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we should probably be posting that like. Gosh, within a day or two, I guess. It depends on what happens over the weekend with um, with subscribers and things. Yeah, and depends on how the editing goes. And how the editing goes. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so excited to share that with you guys. Um, looking forward to hitting that milestone. It'll be great. And then um, also, let's see, next week, um, I'm going to have a regular episode on Tuesday as usual. And then the week after that, just FYI, um, is when we're going to be releasing, Triant Monk and I are going to be releasing our um, collaboration video. So that will sort of take the place of my normal episode for that week. Um, so just a little FYI on what's coming. Um, and yeah, today, today I want to talk about two things, um, the Unearthed Arcana that was recently announced, which we'll get to in a little bit, but then um, maybe kind of in lieu of a quick ruling uh, this week, which we typically will do, I wanted to talk about um, <clears throat> necromancers and the Animate Dead spell and the sort of challenge with um, running a necromancer with lots of undead minions. Um, you know, for those who haven't seen uh, earlier this week, I released um, my episode 36, which was a, a team up build, the necromancer and the Oathbreaker Paladin. Right. Um, so check that out if you haven't. But, you know, a big part of the conversation that I was sort of having with you guys during that video was um, the, the challenge of trying to actually, you know, do in game what the character seems capable of doing, <clears throat> right? You either, um, it, it feels broken to me because, um, and I don't need to rehash everything, right? But it seems like it's, it's either way too powerful or fairly easily trivialized and with not a, not a lot of space in between, unless we sort of maybe find ways to put some constraints on it ourselves and or compromise with our DMs on, you know, what we can and can't do, how many undead minions we can summon, you know, how powerful they can be maybe as a way of compromise of getting fewer of them. So, so really basically what I wanted to do is kind of get your guys' opinion. I sort of already expressed in the video, my own thoughts and ideas on how you might potentially balance this particular character and play style. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you guys could share with me your thoughts 
on what you might do. I did get a lot of great comments um, from people who had some great ideas, um, but uh, you know, people can read those comments. I wanna know what you guys think. So why don't we start, um, Corey, you um, have just recently completed uh, a, a Curse of Strahd campaign with us. Yes. Uh, in the which your brother Scott uh, was playing a necromancer. And, um, you know, we were only, what, level seven, I think, by the time it ended, seven or eight? So eight? Anyway. Um, so it never got too, too crazy. But um, you definitely started to see some of that sort of challenge and so having very recently experienced it why don't you uh, why don't you start us off with your thoughts sure uh so first of all um i think that i don't think that a player who wants to play a necromancer should ever do it for optimization and i know that's kind of the point of this channel and it's Heresy. great it's a great <laughs> uh, thought Burn. experiment yeah. uh, to run to be like how much damage could i do how many undead could i get with this but in reality uh, as a player you should realize that you would be making the game less fun for everybody else mm -hmm. if your turns took 20 minutes mm -hmm. and and i know i know it uh, it it sucks because the idea is that you want to do everything within the confines of the rules and you want to do the build that looks really good because that's how that's how necromancers and, and can just be built. stretch it to the limit of, mm -hmm. of what it can possibly achieve yeah but i i think i think the biggest mistake that optimizers make is that just because something can be built away doesn't mean that it should be built that way it's very easy to fall into the trap of there's only one way to play a rogue there's only one way to play a monk which is not to there's only one way to play hey. a ranger <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know or any of these oh, any of these characters like it's true he's, com he's coming out swinging yeah. <laughs> like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, people who just think like oh if i don't do this then i'm not playing the game correctly and there is no correct way to play D and D, like it's it's a game of literally flailing your arms and hoping that you're doing something fun rather than doing something good. Um, however, if there's a player who wants to run a necromancer and optimize, here's some tips just to keep them fairly normalized. Uh, the necromancer that I, I had to deal with, my brother and I were able to communicate quite well. Which again, number one, communicate with your players always communicate with your GM so that you can kind of talk about where you want things to go and how you want, how you want your character to go and kind of make it so that everybody feels a lot more balanced and however everybody's contributing. Uh, but number one, make corpses scarce. Uh, there was a huge, there was a huge premium on corpses for our necromancer in Barovia, by the way, uh, where they couldn't find enough skeletons and zombies to raise. They had to, they had to struggle with that. And there were a couple times where they're like, I literally can't do anything else. Can I, can I use these wolves and, and shape their bones and everything? And I'm a, I am a noble and uh, generous and very humble DM. So I said, <laughs> yes. Um, if a necromancer uh, came up to me, or a player who wanted to play a necromancer. No necromancer ever comes up to me. Um, well, maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, if they came up to me specifically with the desire to create an army of undead, I'd be upfront with them about how difficult that is going to be to manage, both for them and for me. I would, I would definitely communicate with them and make sure that, like, hey, let's see if we can come to a compromise. Maybe you can't have more than eight at a time 
um, but you can you can potentially upgrade them, like you suggested, Colby, in certain ways, uh, giving them magic items or making their their attack stronger later on, just because that's really that's a really cool idea. Yeah. And the necromancer that we had did eventually get like a custom skeleton towards the end because we came up with a really cool idea and implemented it to be okay. This this skeleton acts this way, but it can't use these abilities and things like that. Right. Yeah, you know, I, it seems to me like the, the the biggest challenge with necromancy and animate dead in particular is is just the sheer volume, right, of of skeletons, and and so you you sort of are almost forced outside of a few certain situations. Maybe you're playing a you know a campaign that's always outdoors. You've got a great and very efficient way to like roll the hits and like mm -hmm. all those things, right? Uh, everybody, including the other players at the table are all on board and you've got it streamlined, you know, you could probably make it work. But outside of that, it, it, the challenge is in, in the volume, right? And and so it feels to me like the, the easiest solution would be to, instead of increase the number of undead that you can raise, um, you know, with each additional spell slot that you use to cast the spell, increase the potency of the skeletons themselves and and keep it capped at three yeah whatever and to be honest i think that most players will regulate their own spell slots a little bit to make sure that they don't have too large of an army yeah because it's really uh, it's a really cool idea to have 70 skeletons <laughs> but what's not cool is only having second and first level spell slots right. you know right. so having having to kind of pull back on that and i think our necromancer even did this where uh he was like okay i'm only going to cast two uh, spell slots worth or two third level spell slots to uh, maintain these eight that I have and he used them more as a protective shield extra damage kind of thing mm -hmm. and at that point it just becomes you know like a fireball or like a scorching ray an additional scorching ray every turn you know and, and, and even then right there was I mean at the end there when we were fighting Strahd himself it was like mm -hmm. there's only so many squares you know, if you're playing on a grid right that, and, and, and Strahd was smart and he backed himself up against a wall so now there's only like there was only like five squares basically and, and some of our players were like oh like I can't get in to make an attack because there's zombies in the way or whatever so yep. Um, and that's and that's something that you know as in, in combat if you need to make a gap that's something that you go wizard you know get get these out of my way i need to get in there and then the wizard can have them shift yeah, yeah. um and I, I i think that that's going to be an issue with any sort of conjuration even your uh, pokemon master build mm -hmm. um or anything mm -hmm. is going to have an <laughs> issue with space so if you're a dm and you're running that campaign you may want to increase the size of certain issue or areas or create some extra fodder that the skeletons have to fight off right as well yeah i think that's great well, what do you think, Tori? Um, that that might have been your first experience, I think, seeing a necromancer in action. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, having having watched the video and put some thought into it, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on on maybe ways to balance? Yeah, like I I love the idea of playing a necromancer. Mm -hmm. I, I think of like Michonne from The Walking Dead having like oh, yeah. her zombies yeah. on a leash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, that would be so fun to play as a player. That'd be awesome. But I definitely see the challenge as a DM, making sure that everything is balanced and that it's not taking away opportunities from the other players. Um, but I think it would be fun to, you know, session by session, give them an opportunity to say, like, okay, th this time we're going to be in this setting where you could have a huge army. Let's give it a shot. Let's see, let's see how it goes for this session. Yeah. And then the next one, 
you know, we're, we're in a place where you can't have that. You're going to have to get rid of some of these mm-hmm. and, and take it by session by session, I think would be fun to um, try both yeah. um, ways. Yeah, I like that. Uh, just also, just make sure that you have like a, a convenient cliff for your skeletons to, that, that you're not going to use this time I, to like jump off of. Yeah. An ancient oh. dragon just comes by. Well, okay. You can always have some of those story element, the story beat moments where um, the big bad comes in or something and incapacitates or knocks out that, that necromancer. Mm-hmm. And now you've got 70 rampant skeletons that just turned on everyone. <laughs> like yeah. not as, not, not like, especially in those moments where it's like, okay, you're building this up. You got to see the risk and the reward here, but don't like, mm-hmm. don't punish them for being a necromancer, but give them cool story elements that also make it so that, that the action economy is just, isn't just, you know, in the favor of that necromancer, the whole game, because then it, it does, it bogs it down and makes yeah. it a little slower. But I, I would also like if that was going to be a case, I do that once. And if the necromancer is like, OK, well, I don't want to I don't want to put my party at risk. You help them create a spell or magic item that they can basically have like a collar on the neck. And then if they ever go unconscious, self-destruct. it self-destructs the, the undead. <laughs> yeah. Like that would be really cool. Turn undead or destroy undead. Yeah. Yeah. I, like that. I, I, I think regardless if you have skeletons, you need to teach them the silly symphonies skeleton dance. <laughs> yep. <Right? laughs> I agree, but I, I think I would probably lean against or lean towards the the heavily homebrewing that kind of stuff for that upgrades. Being able yeah. to say, hey, yeah, if you want to equip, have them equipped with one of your spears, sure. And then you know when that skeleton gets eaten by the monster, then yeah, so does that spear. So yeah, I, I would love to play. I, I think I would really enjoy playing this duo in particular, playing as like the Oathbreaker Paladin and just having like just a small, almost like a strike squad. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. of, of, of give me like three, give me like three undead, but they're, but, but as we level, they sort of level too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they get to benefit from my aura. So I feel cool about, you know, being able to give them some extra damage and, yeah. and uh, extra, and I'm buffing them with temporary hit points at the beginning of every, my favorite comments <laughs> so far in the video have been people saying, you know, what they would use for their inspired leader speech <laughs> to, to the skeletons, you know, things like, um, you know, first person to kill the archmage gets a new corpse or something like that. Like, just, yeah, gets to, gets to be resurrected. Yeah. yeah. Um, which that, how awesome would that be, by the way? Like, that you have a high-level nice. cleric that can cast whatever whatever resurrection spell, like, they have to have been dead within, like, 100 years or something like that, and you actually, like, resurrect that skeleton as a reward, and now you have, like, a sidekick or something. Uh, if anybody wants to see any really good uh, necromancer talk about that go check out the awaken online catharsis book it is a it is a lit rbt book where the main character uh, finds out how to become a necromancer and becomes basically the bad guy and it's really cool um i i absolutely love it and it definitely uh it definitely makes for a better story if you have undead that progress with you yeah yeah i agree i, agree. I like Some- it one last, I guess, one last yeah. thing, I guess, from a story-driven standpoint, if you're looking for, as a DM, if you're looking for ways to try and still reward that that necromancer, but also try, maybe help them shy away from doing the 70 skeletons, um, one of the things I did in one of my other campaigns was that, like, the Red Wizards of Thay, right? Mm. Um, one of his whole shticks was that 
all of the people who were in his employ were people who had died or who were about to die. They made a contract to basically be in his servitude, and then he paid the family for that corpse, right? So it wasn't like going and grave robbing and stealing yeah, whatever. Yeah. It was there was some kind of a transaction. So if you if you wanted, you could always put some kind of a system in place like that where where yeah, sure, you, you if you want a corpse, that's great, you know. Um, but it's going to cost you a little bit of gold to to be able to get stuff. But again, like don't punish your players. If they're playing a necromancer, it's for thematic reasons. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want them to feel work with you try and work with your players, uh, because it sounds like a lot more fun to have somebody who is constantly managing uh, a small little force and, and outfitting them and trying to get them into towns when, you know, like I had a lot of fun, uh, doing all of that stuff with the necromancer that we played with. Yeah. They all had robes and, and they had to yeah. make like uh, deception checks and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, trying to get into mm-hmm. town. All right. Well, cool. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's leave necromancy behind then for a little bit and uh, move on to the, we'll, we'll bring it back from the dead. Later. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll necro. The hey, if you want to later. raise a question in the comments, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> bunch of dad jokes and we're back um thanks to our sponsors preston tell me about the um the the background you've got there today what what is this this is a painting that i did it's a digital painting it's called monster under my bed (laughs) that is awesome there's a lot of hidden hidden personal meanings in this but well that's a big uh monster and a small bed this is the little teddy bear i had as a little boy nice this is my daughter before she was born and my ballerina that's for my mom. She did ballet. Cool. There's a bunch of other whatever. Stuff. So, so um, what uh, what kind of seer did you go to to get uh, what your daughter looked like before she was born? That's uh, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay. Unearthed Arcana. So here's something about me. I'm like the most cliche, boring, uh, like fantasy fan ever. Like my favorite race is elves. <laughs> my favorite monsters are dragons. And like, I'm so excited about this particular Unearthed Arcana because it's it all is. about dragons. It's so cool. It's, it's fantastic. So um, yeah, it's uh, the Draconic Options released um, just yesterday as of this recording. So uh, April 14th. Um, and we wanted to talk about it today. So uh, we're gonna go through kind of like we did with the last uh, Unearthed Arcana and just sort of discuss high level kind of everything maybe raise some questions and then at the end um you know have everybody sort of uh, give their critique on whether a particular thing is maybe a little overpowered a little underpowered or just right um so and there's a lot here there, there is, is there is a lot and we'll have to move seven pages s- semi quickly um one thing that i did notice right at the beginning is that you know it kind of gives you the, the the little prelude like they like it always does but then it talked about ability score increases in a new way it did. which is to say that um when determining your character's ability scores you increase one of those by two and another one by one you can't do the same one or you can pick three ability scores and increase each of them by one. Ooh, interesting. Um, which, so all those 15s which, become 16s. You could, using the <laughs> point by system, you could start with three 15s and three 8s um, and, then, and then have three 16s to start off, which, of course, has my wheels spinning. Um, which ones would pre- be your dump stat? 
Well, it depends on the character. It depends on the class. <laughs> but which those, one would be your dumb stack? For, for those, um, none. <laughs> I'm charismatic, your, your 20s intelligent, and wise, and strong. <laughs> and humble. And humble. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, the, the, for those built, you know, the, your paladins and things that are, that are particularly um, multiple ability score dependent, having three 16s. Cool. If you could stomach the three eights, uh, would be pretty sweet. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, so the first thing that it does is it gives us some new feet, or sorry, some new race options um, that are kind of, well, they're, they're sort of alternatives, it looks like, to the Dragonborn as it currently exists. And maybe, yep. let, me, let me ask this because, Preston, you were going to talk about these races. What do you guys think? We have three Dragonborn variants and then a Kobold variant. And, and I'm wondering, I'm assuming that these would just, assuming that these go live, that they would kind of go alongside existing options for dragonborns and kobold, or do you guys Probably. think they're? I would say it's kind of like take your, the place of your very human. Your very human. Let's go. That's kind of where I feel like it would fit. Come around. Yeah. All right. Well, Preston, tell us about uh, tell us yes. about these dragonborn and kobolds. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, this was really cool because then they made the distinction of you have your chromatic dragonborns and you have your metallic dragonborns, and they added a third one called the gem dragonborns. Mm -hmm. um, I've never cool heard one. of gem dragons before me, me, un me, until me, I read this arcana, and I was like, holy crap. I liked it. It, yeah. it. It's really cool. So with the chromatic dragonborn, it's pretty – so the, there's a lot of these that share very similar features, so I'm going to kind of gloss over – I'll give you kind of the stuff for there, but then I'm going to gloss over it when I get to the other ones. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're still humanoid. Uh, you Your size is medium. Your walking speed is 30 feet. You do trace your ancestry back to either a chromatic gem or a metallic dragon, mm -hmm. um, depending on which one you go with. And each of those, the each chromatic ancestry has your typical, you know, black is acid, uh, blue is lightning, green is poison, red is fire, white is cold. And then same thing with the brass, bronze, copper, so gold, silver. So no no changes there. But where it gets kind of cool is in the Gem Dragonborn, with the new ones that they added, they actually added Force, Radiant, Psychic, Thunder, and Necrotic damage, which to me, I was, I was like, ooh, like, yeah. mm -hmm. that's, 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 that's tasty. Yeah. But that's sort of non-elemental damage types. Yeah, so that's, that's a taste of what's, what's coming down the pipe. But um, you have your typical, you, you still have your breath weapons, right? So the Chromatic Dragonborn, here's where it gets a little bit different. Your breath weapon is a 30-foot line, five feet wide of whatever type, damage type it is. So if it's fire, lightning, poison, instead yeah. of a 15-foot cone. Because it was always, to me, it was always lightning damage as a line, mm -hmm. just like if you cast lightning, whereas like acid or poison or fire or cold or whatever is going to be more kind of a spray. Yeah. I wonder if that's something they're going to, change and adjust depending on player feedback because that seems that, that seems interesting that you could do like a, a 30 foot line of cold you know yeah. or fire you know where, where it's it, it completely mm -hmm. concentrated that feels flamethrowery exactly yeah. so so that was that's kind of cool about the breath weapon so that's the the thing that the chromatic dragonborns do as well as you have your draconic resistance which basically means whatever type you are so if you're a cold you know a black dragon uh, Dragonborn, your resistance is going to be towards acid. Mm -hmm. Just kind of whatever color, whatever chromatic gem, whatever, you're going to have half damage on that. Um, and then the one other thing for chromatic dragons that is kind of unique to them is they have what's called chromatic warding. And I'll just read it here just for clarity. But starting at the third level, as in action, you can channel your draconic energies to protect yourself. For 10 minutes, you are immune. Not resistant, immune. 
to the damage type you associated associated with your chromatic ancestry. Yeah. Once you use this trait, you can't do a so again for until you finish a long rest. Like, I thought that was that was interesting. I, I mean, mean my, my my initial <laughs> thought was like, okay, so from now on, every single bear totem barbarian is going to be yep. an emerald Psychic. gem dragonborn. Yep, exactly. Like <laughs> um, I'm never but, letting you play a barbarian. <laughs> don't worry, I'm, I'm not interested in in bear totem. They're they're boring. Um, but uh, but you know what what was what what was interesting to me is with the chromatic i don't know it's like i'm already resistant to this damage type and now my really cool ability is once per day i get to be immune to it it's like it just feels maybe too niche to be particularly appealing to me i don't know maybe it's just it me. would definitely be one of those where if you're in the nine hells and you're you're a red fire dragon or something mm -hmm. or dragonborn then great you know that's yeah, probably yeah. going to help you but I agree. It's going to be situational where it's going to be beneficial or not. So, so the main difference then between these three seems to be that, that they all have their breath weapons, but yep. then and they all have resistance to the damage mm -hmm. type. But then, at, but then when they hit third level, they get like a special little feature. So the chromatic one is yes. you get immunity once per day. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the metallic one? So the metallic one, you have what's called the metallic breath weapon. So at the third level, you gain a second right. breath weapon. That's right. And basically, when you take your act, uh, you'll replace one of your actions. So if you make multiple attacks, one of those can be this breath weapon. Uh, you exhale in a 15-foot cone. It does the DC on this is going to be 8 plus your constitution plus your proficiency bonus. And basically what happens is anyone in that, any creature in that um, needs to succeed on a strength saving throw or they'll be pushed 20 feet away from you. Yeah. Uh, you get to choose one of these, mind you. This yeah. is not a, you know, everything. You choose one of the two. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have each creature in an area must succeed on a constitution saving throw or become incapacitated, which... That is huge. Familiar, that is strong. They can't take an action or a reaction. They're just yeah. yeah. That is so, really strong. Super strong. <laughs> like they can still move and take a bonus yes. action. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think so. For sure. Still, I mean, yeah. a whole round of enemies like not being able to take actions, yeah, mm -hmm. or reactions is just that's, uh, that's that's crazy. Hey, that was Scott. Huge. This yes, it was. Scott just made a cameo. <laughs> Hi, Scott. I think you for... Hello. Hello. I think you forgot we were recording, but. That's where he just kind of cool. opens it up and then. <laughs> I, have, I have no privacy in this house. So the the last one in here, um, the, I guess for the, the gem Dragonborn, other than the fact that you had now have Force, Radiant, Psychic, and Thunder, or Thunder and Necrotic damage, so some of those new uh, to the, the breath of weapons. Um, you also have psionic mind basically lets you talk to somebody, but they cannot retalk. It's not like, it's not like message where you can say something and they talk back. Right. This is just you talking. Speaking Still to their mind. free telepathy. Yeah. That's pretty Even strong. half telepathy. Yeah. yeah. And then this other one, this one's kind of fun for RP. I feel like is this gem flight. Uh, starting at the third level, you can use your bonus action to temporarily summon an array of spectral gems of, basic, of your gem type, and they basically act as your wings. You gain uh, flying speed equal to your walking speed, and you can hover, which yeah. is important. Yeah. As we <laughs> I, think, I think that's really cool. I don't think that that's too overpowered, though. I don't no. think any of these are too no, overpowered. Yeah. Um, I, I do kind of want to play an amethyst gem dragonborn now, just so I can be resistant to force damage like i don't know why but that seems the coolest to me yeah but i don't, I don't think like any the, of these are super the crash powers. test dummy of the 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 arcane brotherhood or something yeah use force damage on <laughs> you know when i when i see these i my my mind immediately goes to 
as it usually does, blade singers, because, you know, the, these breath weapons, it says that you, when you take the attack action, you can replace one of your attacks with an exhalation of magical energy. Now, granted, you can only do it, what, proficiency bonus times per day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, for example, with a blade singer, when they hit sixth level, um, and they get multi-attack, they can, they can make an attack, and then one of the attacks can be a cantrip. And so I'm thinking, ooh, I could like breath weapon for one of my attacks, cantrip for mm-hmm. my second attack. If you could find a, a potent sort of area effect, um, you know, cantrip, like an acid splash or something like that. And so I'm thinking if I could get three or four enemies in a single yeah. turn and be able to like breath weapon cool. and then, you know, hit them with a, with a semi-potent uh, cantrip, that's pretty good AOE damage um, for two actions, you know, a few times that per is. day would be fun. Um, okay. Tell us about, tell us about the kobold and then, um, and then we'll, we'll ask for your, for your judgment on overpowered, underpowered. Sounds good. So with the kobolds, uh, everybody's favorite kind of low level adventuring party, punching bag, punching bag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, these are the, obviously the smallest of chronic creatures. Uh, they have some of the attributes, but not they're They're basically like the, the smaller, more squat version. Um, but you are a humanoid. You're small. You're walking speed 30 feet. You have dark vision. Um, nothing crazy there. You have your draconic legacy. So you have a connection to dragons. Um, and, but they kind of manifest in unpredictable ways. So you get to select one of these options when you choose this race, you have advantage on saving throws against being frightened. Um, or end the frightened condition on yourself. You can know one cantrip of your choice from a sorcerer spell list, so you're like innately kind of in tune with nature. Um, and you can use intelligence, wisdom, or charisma as your spell casting ability. And then you can also make unarmed strikes with your tail. And it's a D6 so, as a compared D6, to like the usual D4. Yeah. It's 1d6 plus your strength, which is kind of cool. So then you're you're basically kind of going in. Um, you can use that uh, as you will, as just kind of like a small stout. Uh, draconic roar, as a bonus action, you let out a draconic roar at your enemies and anything uh, at your enemies within 10 feet of you until the end of... This is the big part. This is really cool. At the end of your... Until the end of your next turn, uh, your allies have advantage on attack rolls against any of those enemies who could hear that roar. Mm-hmm which can be, you're basically getting a free... Um, yeah, you and your allies all have advantage yes, for, for, for a round, essentially. And you can use this number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all, all of it when you do long rest. Um, so that's, that's, that's where they get, that's where I guess where their strong suit is, is this kind of like pack tactics kind of thing mm-hmm. where you run in, um, or maybe if you're the raging barbarian, kobold, whatever, um, you can kind of run in, yell at them, and then have all your teammates pepper them from afar so well okay so so give us your verdict um kobolds on, on these. kobolds not overpowered yeah um gem dragonborns pot- uh, potentially depending on how you mix it with a barbarian <laughs> <laughs> it, just in that one specific case the rest yeah. of it feels very flavor it feels very very flight good. flight's nice but once a day i mean it's not yeah it's, it Aracocra can fly there's some other ua races that are getting flight i yeah. do really like the 30 foot line um for the chromatic dragons and the immunity could be it, i feel like the metallic dragonborn honestly the metallic dragonborn specifically their breath attack where it makes everybody incapacitated mm-hmm. in that cone mm-hmm. i i think that's that getting i think is going to get nerfed but that's the rest of them nerfed. i feel like are pretty pretty yeah. solid 
Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I might agree with you there. Like, I think of all of them, the, the metallic dragonborn feel the strongest thanks to that incapac- incapacitation and the push. I mean, a, a, a big push can potentially yeah. wreck havoc, You're on a right? cliff. Yeah, or like if you've got a, <laughs> if, if you're a wizard and you set up, I mean, a prismatic wall late game, but I mean, you know, yeah. web or, you know, a wall of fire or something like that, that you can sort of push them through or spike growth. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can do with, with, with yeah. forced movement, right? Right. Yeah. The kobolds, I I have a hard well, I don't know. The thing about the existing kobolds is is they have one of the easiest ways to get get advantage of any race, right? They have pack tactics. And so as long as the enemy that a kobold is attacking is standing next to one of your friends, you have advantage. Always. Right? right. They do have the detriment of, of the sunlight sensitivity. So if you're in direct sunlight, you have disadvantage. So that potentially yes, balances it. But, yeah. the, you know, this roar is awesome. And, and, but again, it would only give, it would give your party advantage for a round. And that's great because it's your whole party. But then proficiency bonus times per day, I mean, two, three, I four. Could, I could see it being day. probably more beneficial if it was like, hey, let's play a band of kobolds and we're going to go on this adventure and kind of yes. do that kind of stuff. I can yes. see that being more beneficial. Yeah. Although, Which would be really cool. if you were going to play a band of kobolds and you just went with the regular kobolds, then you would all always have advantage all the time, as long as you weren't <laughs> in sunlight, right? I think when Preston says a band of kobolds, I think he means a literal band of kobolds, as in all bards. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. He knows me well. Yes. Uh, it's it's an all bard kobold uh, band. Kobards. One's Future named Freddy, the other one's Ozzy. Kobards. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Playing Tori... the schwam. Yeah, playing the schwam. <laughs> Worst D and D instrument ever. Um, Tori, any uh, any any additional thoughts? Um, anything jump no, out to you? No, I just I love the the gem one. That yeah. like that's what I would want to play. Mm-hmm. It reminds me. It, it makes me uh, evokes Spyro for me I don't, just because they get trapped inside a uh, gem and it's and i've seen some gem dragons since i started looking them up and i'm like why have these not been like in monster <laughs> manuals before now yeah like yeah, or yeah. anything like that it's crazy okay well let's um let's talk about the feats but before before we do i just want to note something and that is that none of these feats are tied to racial prerequisites even mm-hmm. though they're all dragonborn, yep. uh, dragon affiliated, none of them say that you have to be a dragonborn or a kobold in order to take advantage of these feats, even though you might think that. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the day will come when the Wizards is, yep. is, is going to, to unshackle those Xanathar's <laughs> feats. I'm still, yeah. I'm still, I'm, I guess I'm dying on that hill. I already died, but, uh, but, but I'm waiting to be we resurrected. Brought back. Yeah, yes, we brought you the back. Yeah, the the... there's the necro callback. <laughs> Hold you. Anyway, so yeah, so Tori, um, yeah, tell us about these feats. They, they look pretty cool. Yeah, they're way cool. And yeah, to your point, it says that they arise from a draconic source. So whether it's a gift of a true dragon, the manifestation of some draconic heritage, the blessing of a draconic god, or as a consequence of slaying a true dragon. So I, lo- I love that. It's so cool. Yeah, very cool. So <clears throat> there's kind of like three schools, I guess, of, of these draconic feats. So the first one is the gift of the chromatic dragon. And so <clears throat> these ones are both really damage um, type based. So the first one allows you to touch a simple or martial weapon. 
and you can infuse it with a damage type. So um, acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison. And then for the next minute after you infuse that weapon, you get an extra 1d4 of the whichever damage you've chosen. Mm -hmm. And um, you can only use it one time per long rest. But I, I like that. I think that would be fun. Yeah, you guys. So, and then the I'm, second one. I'm, so, I'm loving that. It's, yeah. I'm always looking for ways to add more damage to every attack. And that's just, okay. you know, it doesn't require concentration. The, the drawbacks are it's a bonus action. And a lot of the times, like, you know, if you're using Hunter's Mark, for example, already, like, you know, you can you can have too many things sort of needing your your bonus action. But and it's only once per day. So that's kind of a bummer. But still, like for for one fight per day, an extra D4, it's not a ton, but, you know, it adds up, especially if you're making right. lots of attacks and you have other ways to add damage. That's, cool. yeah, that's awesome. So the next one in that same um, chromatic dragon gift is that when you take damage um so be it acid cold fire lightning or poison you can use your reaction to give yourself resistance to that damage um so you can use it a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and then once you've expended all those after long rest it resets yeah that's cool that's versatile that is very versatile that that i think is what makes it really strong right both the damage Mm -hmm. that you do and the damage that you're resistant to it doesn't say you have to like choose it when you pick Mm -hmm. this feat or anything like that so like depending on the fight oh like we're fighting a red dragon well i'm resistant to fire damage or you know we're fighting somebody that's throwing a lot of cold spells at me i'm resistant to cold damage um yeah it's pretty it's, yeah so cool it's like a free yeah. um uh it's a free uh, absorb elements spell yeah. almost yeah you know? and, I, and i feel like too like because a lot of times at least rp wise a lot of my players whenever they kill a dragon it's like almost customary where they go and they skin the dragon they go make some dragon scale armor or something right <laughs> so they get whatever that color dragon resistance for that thing and and i feel like this is i like the idea of this of being able to have not an unlock, but like, hey, you just killed the Lich King. Now you've got this cool whatever that kind of like brings you up mm-hmm. and you put on the helm and now you're more powerful or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But you never get that mount. You never, you never, never get, get, that, the mount. get the it's mount. It's too low. I, I do cool. love the idea of... Um, of rewarding players like a dm like yeah. granting a boon after slaying mm-hmm. a dragon you know along the next these lines three days you have this really awesome no, thing don't limit it or... come on permanent, <laughs> permanent. if it's colby one day maybe one day. maybe a couple hours <laughs> at least five minutes you have five minutes of like, immune the to dragon's all damage. dead Go. Ah, find somebody to fight hurry <laughs> find i only have five dragon. <laughs> the heavens open is there a nest somewhere around you. here uh, okay, so what, from Dragon Snap. What, uh, what's what's <laughs> next? We got chromatic, uh, metallic. What's what, tell us about? Yeah, that. so gift of metallic. So this is all about like protection and health. Um, so the first one is that you learn the cure wound spell, and you can cast it without um, expending a spell slot. Um, you you can only do that once per long rest, but then you can also use your spell slots to cast it um, as well. So uh, pretty great. Uh, yeah, that, that goes one. along with the trend of uh, learning a spell with a feat, yeah. and you can still cast it even if. Uh, so so basically, spell slots. Any class can be a healer now as long as you have spell slots. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. 
I mean, and you could already, obviously, like, you know, there were other feats, magic initiate type feats and things like that, but, but magic initiate in particular is limited, right? You, you can't cast it, cast it unless they go back and change it. Mm-hmm. Currently, you can't cast it using existing spell slots unless you have uh, taken class levels in the, the class that you've used to get that spell, which yeah. seems a little bit silly, but anyway. Um, Cure Wounds, it doesn't mention what level you cast it at. I have to assume you're casting it at the first level. Um, yeah, it, it must be. Yeah, it spell must be. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my assumption. Um, but that's that's a great way to bounce somebody back from unconscious, for example, in a pinch. You know, even if you're not like a dedicated healer, always a good mm-hmm. good to have in your pocket. Barbarian, he's like, all right, come back. Yeah, as long as he's not raging. <laughs> Slap you awake. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so great. And then the the next one is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, when you or another creature that you can see within five feet of you is hit by an attack roll you manifest protective wings that come out and they can shield you cool. or that creature. It's so cool. It and um, <laughs> you, it's your reaction. You can use it as a reaction. Heroes never and die. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Protect them with your wings. And this... essentially you roll a D4 to, to grant a bonus to the target's AC. Yeah. I think this might be borderline overpowered. I don't really? know. There aren't a lot of abilities in game that will let you, as a reaction, add armor class to an ally, right? Like you can you can Power take um, some fighting styles that will let you absorb or impose disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, Abjuration wizards can like absorb damage with their ward. I mean, there's things like that, but I can't think of a lot of hey, I'm going to give you an AC buff, essentially casting the shield spell on one. somebody else. And if I'm reading this correctly, that's just for one, because when I initially glossed through it, I thought it was saying anyone within five feet, but I'm pretty sure it just says the one creature, right? Yeah. It's just the one creature. You so either yourself or another creature you can see. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, it's awesome and it's cool. And it is only a D4 and not four, right? Yeah. So that's on average going to be 2.5. Um, so, you know, two or three AC, but still. And proficiency bonus times per day isn't amazing either. But like, I don't know, I, I can, I can especially see it being useful on, you know, one of these tank builds that I've created where, you know, I've taken the shield spell already, but you can only use shield, you know, so many times you've got spell slots, but if you had this in your back pocket as a backup too, it's like, man, you're never getting hit. And then they kind of stack too, right? Cast shield, then cast this on top of it. Yeah. If you really needed. Like, well, no, because it takes you your reaction. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's that right there is the 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 thing that keeps it balanced. Is if I'm going to be yeah. within five feet of my uh, of my party members and I want to protect them, I'm going to be like a paladin with the protection or interception uh, fighting yeah, style and and call it and call it good there. But it is a really cool way and a really cinematically appropriate way for a somebody who's who's been blessed by these metallic dragons to protect their allies and defend them i think it's really yeah. cool yeah that's cool and the so image cool. of the wings kind of manifesting and that that's just mm-hmm. that's great flavor it's amazing yeah i love that so the last one is the gift of the gem dragon um so the first one there is that you get to increase your intelligence wisdom or charisma score by one um it's a half which feet. is nice that's already yeah. really good that's super yeah <laughs> and then the second one this is another one of my favorites is that when you take damage 
from a creature that's within 10 feet of you, you can then use your reaction to emanate telekinetic energy. And that creature that dealt you damage has to succeed on the strength saving throw. And if they fail, they take 2d8 force damage and they're pushed 10 feet away from you. Whoa. I am so mad that this is not official content today. Um, because the so, build that I'm working on right now for next week would mm-hmm. so take this feat. <laughs> that is a really cool way of, I mean, ha- taking this as a as a wizard and having something hit you and then just suddenly be repelled <laughs> yeah. away so you that you can get out of there. Again, just yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's that's pretty awesome. awesome. Um, great for both defense and a little bit of offense at the same time, I think. Um, That's cool. And and yeah, again, you could potentially. I mean, you know, forcing movement on on enemies can be really powerful if you if you play it right, right. And you have uh, some control area of effect spells or damage area of effect, of effect spells kind of set up, and you're knocking them into it and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's nice to have more more of these kind of reaction spells because I feel like the, a lot a lot of them are kind of few, you got hellish rebuke and a few others that are kind of few mm-hmm. and far between. It's nice to have one more kind of in the mix. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, okay. So, Tori, what do you think? Um, Balance-wise, do you feel that these are fairly well-balanced, overpowered, underpowered? Honestly, I feel like they're they're well-balanced. I do. Um, and I, I can't wait, as a player, to use them. <laughs> they, might, they might not make it out of testing. Just just it's be better. warned, viewers, because yeah. a lot of times UA will, will get put up there and then they'll be like, yeah, no, we decided not to release this. Yeah. So you never know. They, they feel really strong to me. Um, you think it's overpowered? I don't know. I mean, I'm never one to complain about, about power creep because I like it. <laughs> 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 but uh, I don't know. I compared to other feats, they do feel a little bit on that stronger side. I mean, uh, like a half feat where you're already getting a plus one, especially this this gem dragon one, where you're already getting uh, you know a plus one to intelligence, charisma, or uh, wisdom, and then being able to do damage when they hit you and move them—that's really strong. And and being able to cast a, a poor man shield spell on yourself or an ally. You know, in addition to, uh, you know, cure wounds, uh, extra damage for the chromatic one, even though it's only for a minute once per day still. I don't know. For for a yeah. single feat, it feels really strong. I don't know if I'd go overpowered, but definitely on the upper end of balanced. <laughs> so you come to me with one of these feats and say you want to take them as a player. I'm going to tell you that you need to give me a good story reason for it. Uh, first of all, because because they are they are specifically gifts from dragons how did you obtain this, right? However, on in that same vein, as a DM, I'd love to be able to be like, while you're on this mission for this gem dragon, you all get the gift of the gem dragon, yeah. you know, and you can use it as if, as if you had that feat or kind of as an additional boon. So I'm I'm very excited to be able to play with these as well. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I hope, I hope this all makes it to release. All right, well, yeah. let's talk spells, Corey. Um, there, there's quite I've, a few. I don't think we've, yeah, I don't think we've had an Unearthed Arcana that did a bunch of spells with it too. It's, None yeah, a while at least. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so there's a lot to get through spells. I will, I will try to be as brief as possible. There's a lot of cool information in here and some hints at where this may be coming out in the future, but maybe not. Who knows? Uh, so we're, I'm just going to go down. Uh, they, they put them in A to Z 
And most of these are for sorcerers and wizards. Some uh, tip, dip into druids, some dip into artificers, uh, and uh, one dips into artificer and ranger, and one dips into warlock. So in one I'll, I'll try and, yeah, one. Oh yeah, two. one bard as well. Sorry. Or two bards, yeah. Yep, so it's kind of a little scattering. Uh, most of it is non-divine characters, uh, mostly this arcane, which makes sense for what dragons are. Um, first, we've got Draconic Transformation, which is a seventh level transmutation spell. One bonus action to cast with a range of self. Um, notable that you need a statuette of a dragon worth at least 500 gold pieces, and that 500 gold piece uh, requirement is a... Uh, staple for a few of these spells moving forward, so there are some that are expensive. Um, with Aurora, you draw on the magics of dragons to transform yourself, taking on draconic features. You get blind sight up to a range of 30 feet, and that allows you to also see invisible creatures mm-hmm. unless they try to hide from you, which is really cool. Um, you get incorporeal wings that give you 40 feet of movement and incorporeal is noted in there probably because if you're in a dungeon it means they're going through the walls but still yeah. allow you to move freely so i, uh, I think flying speed specifically oh right? yeah 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 flying speed i'm sorry so I, I found it interesting that it says that you have blind sight and you can see the invisible creature so it's not true sight but you're just able to you're just able to know where they're at yep. unless they successfully hide from you yeah, you can see an invisible yeah. creature unless it successfully hides from you. Yeah, so you're able to see where they are, which makes sense with blind sight. Uh, sometimes, sense. like yeah, it, it, it tremor sense as well. Um, but then also, when you finish casting the spell, and every uh, round as a bonus action, you can do a breath of energy uh, and a thirty foot cone, and everybody makes a dexterity saving oh. throw, or takes a three or takes three d eight force damage. Uh, from it. it. It's really cool. It feels uh, like an upgrade on the dragon's breath. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a concentration spell for up to a minute. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. Um, I think it's nice, but I don't nearly think it's as awesome as I expect from a spell called Draconic Transformation. And and for a seventh <laughs> level spell slot. And that, like, that, is a, that is a huge I mean, spell. I can, I can sorcerers and wizards only. It, yeah. It's kind of like uh, there's there's lots of spells that give you flight. Right, or, or 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 abilities Fly. and things that will give you flight. Right, Fly is a third level spell. There, there yeah. are working around blind sense and invisibility is a little Niche. trickier, but 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 there are other there are ways to do that. It just yeah. seems a little bit weird to have like you can fly and blind sense and a kind so of fairly weak by the time you breath. get seventh level spells. Yeah, weak AOE dragon's breath. Granted, it's a bonus action, so that's that's nice. And it's thirty foot rather than fifteen, I think, for dragon's breath. <clears throat> yeah, it just feels a little. Yeah, it feels like I'm feels not sure weak. how often I would use this. Yep. Um, only in maybe some niche situations, or when I didn't have <clears throat> a great use for my bonus action. Otherwise, and it's just a nice way to kind of tack on some ad- some additional potentially AOE, mm-hmm. you know, area of effect damage. Fighting a bunch of shadows in a dark corridor or something. Like 30 of them, breath weapon. Yep. Uh, the next one is actually really cool, though. Uh, Fizzband's Fizz Platinum Band. Shield. Uh, so if anybody Lance. is familiar, yep, it is a Dragonlance character. He's an old kind of kooky mage, from what I read. Um, mm-hmm. But he's also the avatar of Paladin. Yeah, Spoilers. He is, Sorry. He's like the... He's like... He's Zeus in the Dragonlance mm-hmm. world, basically, and that would that would lead me to think that this is a Dragonlance supplement. Mm. But there's other that contradictory so stuff awesome. later <laughs> on. Don't get too excited. Calm down. Don't get too excited. Yeah, they had, we played. The spray sorry, sorry. <laughs> side note: like in the original AD and D, and I don't know if 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 versions since have had this, but there was a Dragonlance 
supplement, you know, actual official AD&D mm -hmm. book. And we, we, me and my friends back in the day um, played it and loved it. Well, anyway, this is a sixth level abjuration spell. Uh, it costs one action and it's a range of 60 feet. You need a platinum plated dragon scale worth at least 100, or 500 gold pieces. So good luck getting it. But if you can, this concentration spell can be used for up to a minute and it surrounds a creature in silvery light, and you can choose yourself or another creature, um, and they shed dim light out to five feet, which is you know not really what we're here for. Uh, as a bonus action, you can move it to another creature, so you can constantly be shifting this, and they gain the following benefits. Half cover, so plus two bonus to AC, which and stacks with other bonuses to AC, like uh, Shield of Faith. And saving throws as well. And saving wrong? throws, yeah. I or think is it, it just I think like deck saves? I think it might provide something for deck saves. Uh, they have resistance to uh, the chromatic uh, dra dragon types, acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if they are subjected to, oh, sorry, they basically get evasion. Yeah. <laughs> if they're subjected to a dexterity saving throw and they uh, would deal, that would deal half damage on a save, they get no damage on a save and only half damage on a failure. So that's a really cool spell that you can that's constantly shift powerful. to new target. Very strong. It is a sixth um, level spell, so, so cool. most yes. classes will only be able to cast it once per day until you get super high level and, you know, not yeah. until 11th level. And it, but, but it's a very, I think that's a very cool investment to help somebody in a tight situation. Uh, so the next spell is Flame Stride. And uh, we were talking about this off off uh, the stream or off the camera here, and we were all very excited about so it. So excited! This is yeah. so cool. This is my favorite. This might be my favorite part of the whole like unearthed arcana. Mm -hmm. So it's available to artificers, rangers, sorcerers, and wizards. So that's got the biggest like range so far of who it's available to. It's a bonus action third level transmutation and it's again concentration up to a minute. No component requirements for this and you cast it on yourself. Uh, billowing flames of a dragon cover your feet granting you explosive speed for the duration your speed increases by 20 feet and moving doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. Uh, and then when you move within five feet of a creature or a an object that isn't being worn or carried, you deal 1d6 fire damage to it from your trail of heat. No save, no attack just roll, just 1d6 fire damage. And then a creature uh, can only take that damage once per once turn, per obviously. Turn. So at higher levels, though, <laughs> you also get an additional 5 feet of movement for each level and an additional 1d6 fire damage for each level above. So casting it at the, at the sixth level gives you an extra 15 feet, so a total of 35 feet of movement on top of your movement and 3d6 fire damage That's to anything that you come into contact That's with. That's crazy. Oh it would be like, you guys know I've already like started working on a build here where I'm like, okay, I'm a monk. Maybe rogue for cunning action, although monks can kind of do the same thing, but then you got to spend key points, but like mm. sorcerer <laughs> levels, like I'm casting cool. I'm a wood elf, like I'm probably taking the mobile feet and just like really just, you know, yeah. stacking as much move speed as you possibly can and just like, One, like for inspiration, you know, unarmed striking stuff. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Just like, uh, that would be fun. Uh, the next one by comparison seems a little lackluster, but I actually really like it as well. So this is called Icing Death's Frost. Now, Icing Death is the name is the nickname of a dragon up north, up past the spine of the world in the Forgotten Realms. His real name, and oh gosh, forgive me, is Ingelio Costimi Zillion. Wow. <laughs> and I that I don't know if I pronounced that right or not, but he was killed by uh, Drista Warden and Wolfgar. 
uh, back in one of the, I think it was in one of the Icingdale or Icewind Dale Icewind trilogy Dale. Uh, mm. books. Uh, and they, they killed him. They took his horde, basically. Uh, but now it's also, Icing Death is also the, one of the names of Drist's uh, weapons. One of the weapons he took, he took the name of it. Ah, um, cool. Yeah, which is really cool. Uh, but that also implies that maybe this isn't Dragonlance because we're talking about right. Forgotten Realm stuff as well. Maybe Who knows? They'll, maybe they'll do like a like a kind of crossover a, a sort yeah. of yeah compendium could be cool I'd, I'd love to see a dragon land setting with like a, a dragon knight subclass for fighter or something like that yeah, yeah. Um, anyway so this is a second level spell evocation one action uh it's basically a a breath weapon a con saving throw it does half damage on the success but on a failure it does 3d8 cold damage and it covers the target in ice for one minute right. now what that means is your movement speed is zero uh, but you can use an action to break out of the ice or break somebody else's ice as well. Nice. Now, as as a player, this seems eh. It just seems like you know maybe maybe I'd rather use a dragon breath or something else. But as a as a um, DM, I want to use this with my wizards. Yeah. And it is it is available for sorcerers and wizards, and it's uh, it's something that makes your players like really think about positioning and really think about uh, taking the choice between being able to move or ha- breaking somebody else out. Like it's a really cool spell for an NPC wizard. I, I think for a second level spell to do three d eight damage in an area with control mm-hmm. is pretty strong. Yeah, it just seems very simple. Spell. Yeah. I'd wonder if they drop the damage after it comes out. But. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Just by a little. Or like it'd do a 3d6. Maybe 2d8 or, or 3d6 or something. Yeah. And then notably, uh, you can do an extra d8 cold damage uh, for every spell slot of third or higher. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. That's nice. uh, the next one is called, it is pronounced, and, and again, this is pronunciation from uh, the Forgotten Realms wiki Nayer, Nayer's Mischief. Yeah, I know. It, it's spelled Nathar. Uh, that's how I would Affair. pronounce it. Affair. Yeah, but it, it is pronounced, it is based on uh, Nair Sekak, which is the god of pseudo dragons and fairy dragons in the Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows fairy dragons or pseudo dragons, you know that they can be very uh, mischievous. And this thing is no exception to that. <laughs> my, my least favorite thing in the Unearthed Arcana. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's one of my magic favorites. spell. <laughs> yep. So uh, second level illusion, one action within 60 feet. Uh, nothing but a, a piece of crust from an apple pie is all you need from this <laughs> spell. Uh, so a component pouch. I love it. And then it can last for up to a minute. Uh, you create a 20-foot cube centered on a point you choose within range uh, with Fey and Draconic Magic. You roll on the Mischievous Surge table. Oh, love me some uh, tables to determine the magical effect produced. And then at the, end, at the start of each of your turns, you can move the cube up to 10 feet and re-roll on the table with no action required, which I think is really cool uh, for, for this because it means that you're not using a bonus action just to shift your uh, area control. So the different effects are... Um, and. You can smell. You can make them smell apple pie and become charmed <laughs> if they fail a wisdom saving throw. Um, bouquets of flowers appear all around them, and then each creature has to make a dexterity saving throw or be blinded because they spray water in their faces. <laughs> uh, each creature in the cube must make a wisdom saving throw or begin giggling until the start of your next turn. A giggling creature is incapacitated and uses all of its movement to move in a random direction. So it's basically incapacitating them, but also making it so that they move either farther away from you, closer to you, diagonally. It's kind of like know. Tasha's. Yep. It's kind of like Tasha's. Uh, 
Uh, and then the last one is uh, drops of molasses appear and hover in the cube, turning into difficult terrain until the start of your next turn. Which, molasses that one seems the most simple, we've but entered, I like that one a lot. We've entered Candyland DLP yep. version. <laughs> That's awesome. Don't let, we went candy cane forest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't let Dr. Uh, Chaos find this one. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll try and hide it from him. He already knows. Uh, and that one is available it. to bard sorcerers and wizards. Of course, it's available to bards. bards of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next spell that we have is a gem dragon spell. Uh, this comes. This is called Ruthalim's Psychic Lance. And uh, Ruthalim is a paranoid emerald dragon in Forgotten Realms who uh, apparently boasted a collection of up to 200 spells in his uh, memory and up to 100 prepared at one time. Mm-hmm. He is a very... Uh, wow. He's a very paranoid dragon, though, and this psychic lance kind of embodies that. Uh, it's a fourth-level enchantment spell with a 120-foot range requiring one action. Uh, basically, what you do is you, you, point, or you target a creature within range, or you name a creature by name. Within, and if they're within range, this will target them through walls, them. through invisibility, through any sort of hiding. It does not benefit from any cover or invisibility. Uh, they must make a intelligent saving throw or take 10d6 psychic damage and become incapacitated <laughs> until the start of your next turn. And again, this is a fourth level spell. This is getting nerfed. It has to get nerfed. So, uh, that's that's Avatar. What are the Avatar dude that shoots things from his forehead? Yeah. And Yondu, they had a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one other thing to note about this spell is if you name a creature and they are not within range of the spell, it fizzles and the spell slot is not consumed. You get it back. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> so this is a great thing to use against uh, that one that one pesky thief that decided to steal your magic invisibility ring and run off. Hey, is that little orphan that stole from us in the first campaign nearby kill him 10 10 d6 okay yes let me get this straight 10 d6 intelligence save right which which is not particularly high for most monsters right um they can be invisible you just have to name them it can home it's like a homing missile it can go around corners right Mm -hmm. um like this is for the, the and and they can be inca- then they'll be incapacitated if they fail their save. Yeah, this is, yeah, um, this is for the gym for, for the ball bear totem team. Like, <laughs> you go have a guy second lens, second lens, second lens. Yep. Yeah, that is really strong. I tell you what, uh, I tell you what, um, I would have loved to have this uh, as Strahd. Oh, I would have, oh, yeah. I would have uh, playing Strahd. I would have loved to be able to target one person and force them to be incapacitated for a round uh, because getting overwhelmed by sheer numbers is uh, yes. something that Strahd apparently is weak against. <laughs> <laughs> As are most creatures. Same I with the white, ancient white dragons. And... Yep. yep. All right, coming so, down the home stretch. Yes, we got one more spell to get with, and I, I like it, but I'm not sure completely about it and it's called summon draconic spirit and it kind of goes based off the rules uh that tasha's established for summoning creatures it gives you bonuses based on your proficiency etc uh basically you call forth a draconic spirit it manifests in an unoccupied space that you could see within range uh it, it can either be chromatic gem or metallic and its resistances are based on that notably it gets, and I'm, I can read all about, like, it, it basically follows your commands, et cetera, et cetera. Just like the um, other summon spells. Yeah. Just like the other summons. And then you can use other higher 
uh, spell slots to summon it as well, which I don't know if that's it typical. Gives, yeah, yeah. So okay. it'll get additional attacks yeah. based on half so, of its spell level. So obviously the thing that we need to talk about is what this Draconic Spirit is. And it starts out with an armor class of 14 plus the level of the spell, so minimum of 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lasts for up to an hour, by the way. Oh, and very importantly, you need to have an art object from a Dragon Horde worth at least 500 gold pieces. Mm. So this isn't something that you can get lightly. Mm. Uh, you need to like find that specific thing that might be hard to come I by. I didn't look at these components. They're not particularly not easy cheap. to come by a lot of the yeah. time. I mean, usually gold is is kind of whatever, um, but putting these additional qualifiers on them mm-hmm. make them more like the object of a quest. Yep, which I think is really cool, and I, I think it's a great reward to be like, yes, now I can use this spell that I've mm-hmm. I've got, and it's, it is really awesome. Yeah. Um, so you get 50 hit points on this creature, uh, plus 10 for every spell level above 5th that you cast it at. Uh, you get resistance or it gets damage resistance to acid cold fire lightning poison if you choose chromatic or metallic and then force necrotic psychic radiant thunder uh if you choose gem and that's not a single resistance it's yeah. all oh, of them. and 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 it's shared it's yes. shared with you mm-hmm. yeah well, one you of do the, get one the of shared those. resistances yeah you choose one of its resistances and you have resistance to that damage yeah. type which i think is really cool in itself you get down to the attack and it uses it's got a multi-attack where it uses its breath weapon, which is a 30-foot cone uh, that requires a dexterity saving throw or 2d6 damage of your type of your choice of a damage type it has resistance to, and then half as much on a successful one. So not really a lot of damage there. 2d6 compared to like for a fifth level spell doesn't well, seem like a lot. But, but then it also yeah. But then it also yeah. does a number of bite and claw attacks equal to half of the spell's level. Yeah, uh, which is, uh, and then it's rounded down. So two at fifth level, right. and then so at ninth it does four. So so one d six plus mm-hmm. four plus, plus four. the spell's level piercing damage. Yeah. So when you add the bite and claw, and it, so let's say you cast this as a sixth level spell, right? It would get three attacks, uh, right? That hit for one d six plus four plus the spell's level piercing damage. So plus six, so plus ten total. One d six plus ten three times plus a breath weapon aoe 2d6 damage yeah this is the new strong. this is the new king or queen of uh, the summoning spells if if it makes it to release in this I state i don't see yeah. it making it <laughs> <laughs> uh, and notably it can also fly up to 80 feet okay so it is a corporeal form so you could technically ride it if you wanted to <gasps> dragon mounts that in mind and but <laughs> notably Letting it letting it fly means that it can fly over a monster and attack it from above, mm-hmm. freeing up space around you for I don't know eight skeletons, <laughs> give or take. Putting it out there, yeah. As long as you didn't yeah. use the breath weapon, because then yep. it's it's going to decimate the skeletons too. <laughs> that? That's uh, yeah, that's really strong. I don't know. I mean, we've we kind of have been sort of casting our judgment on these as we've gone on. But yeah. I don't know, Corey, if you had any that really stood out to you as being particularly overpowered or underpowered. Um, I think that. I think that the psychic lance is pretty pretty overpowered. Mm-hmm. I can see that, especially because it doesn't expend a spell slot. That means that a wizard you, looking for somebody, yeah, looking for somebody, a wizard can walk down a hallway and just keep trying to cast it with their name. And if they're not in range yet, Tasselhoff, Tasselhoff, yeah, yep, exactly. It doesn't Tasselhoff. do anything. Yep, and you don't use you don't use any yeah. resources. That's going to be annoying as a GM to be like, yeah. all right, well, I guess you can see in, you know when an invisible creature is within range then if you know the name of it. As long as it's not an ally that you're searching for because you might yeah. accidentally kill yeah. them. 
Um, I don't think I don't think that there's any that are are too much more powerful than that. The the uh, platinum shield and draconic transformation are are okay. Uh, platinum shield is going to be really cool for utility. Um, I don't see anything else here that really jumps out to me. I like the draconic spirit. I think an entire uh, group of dragonborn sorcerers that summon draconic spirits and then ride them. I think that's a really cool concept. <laughs> dragon riders, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's dragon lance for you. Yeah, right exactly. There. That's that's exactly dragon lance. Give them a a, a nice weapon <laughs> that they can use in yeah. in mounted combat. Well, awesome. I think that was a pretty good overview. I'm just excited that a lot of the stuff that they're starting to expand those horizons for the feats and some other yeah. stuff and not just kind of like, well, this is only for Draconic. Yeah. There was a lot of content here, and I'm really excited about all of it, even though I think some of it's a little OP. Yeah. yeah. Um, but gem anyway. Dragons, gem dragons, gem dragons. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you to, to my DMs for, for joining me today, as always. And thanks to you guys for watching. Really appreciate it. Please do like and subscribe and comment and uh, consider joining the channel if you like uh, what you see and you want to support us. It's, uh, it's very helpful um, to, to help us kind of create more content and get even better at what we do. So anyway, um, yeah, that was it. Thanks to everyone. Love you guys and uh, hope you have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.